Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, Norm. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're always so glad that you've joined us. Happy weekend! Yay! Yeah, we hope this weekend's good for everybody. But you know what? Many of us have had weekends, and weekdays for that matter, that bring terrible news, and they're not very happy. I'm thinking of things like the anniversary every year of 9-11. Yeah, and the families That's that hard. lost loved ones. So yeah, School shootings, and then mm. the memories of those. Uh, suicide reports. It depends on where you live, but earthquakes and hurricanes and fires. And, man, this is a bummer. The sudden death of a family member. What do all those things have in common? Sudden loss. And they impact our lives in very significant ways. And unfortunately, Norm, sudden loss is inescapable. In this life, I mean, things happen that are out of our control in this broken world in which we live. And while we don't like to think about loss, we certainly need to know how to cope with it when it does happen. So true. Dr. Linda, many of our regular listeners know your personal story, but tell those who may be newer to our show what happened to your family years ago. Well, it was something completely unexpected. My oldest brother was an army officer, and he was on a special mission around the world looking at water supplies and other biological and environmental issues. And we were not really sure of all that he was doing as we later learned that it was top secret, Norm. But on the final leg of that seven-week trip around the world, his commercial airline was blown up by a terrorist bomb. And all the people on that plane were killed, including several army officers and, of course, my brother. The news came to us the way every military family listening knows. An army officer showed up at our door and delivered the news. And we were, of course, devastated by this. And honestly, Norm, none of us were prepared for that sudden loss. It's almost incomprehensible, I'm sure. I know that life event shaped you in ways you couldn't imagine personally. And it motivated you, I think, to study psychology with the desire to try and understand your own pain and then eventually help others with loss. So <laughs> here we are today doing right. just that. In fact, one of your first books, Getting Unstuck, was based on the theme of loss. It was. And it was inspired by how I had to deal with loss myself and how I had to confront that horrible event in my life. So as I studied it, I realized that really loss comes in three kind of basic categories. Hmm. First, there's the loss of relationships that many of our listeners have experienced, you know, whether it's the breakup of a relationship, the betrayal of a friend, the death of a partner, or situational loss, which is the loss of health with a poor diagnosis, oh, yeah. sure. loss of a job, loss of health insurance, loss of your home through fire or hurricane or tornado. 
And then the third category really is something that really struck me a little bit later, but it's the loss of dreams Hmm. and expectations. You know, you maybe don't get the job that you wanted, or you're not married and you want to be, or you're infertile and you can't have children, or you never realized your dream in a certain career and it never just came to pass. Well, we know that all those losses can be very painful, but why is it that sudden loss is so very different? It really hits us in a unique way. Uh, We don't see it coming, and it takes us by surprise, and it leaves no time as a result of that to prepare for the impact. So, in essence, we are blindsided, Mm -hmm. and that feels very out of control. Well, because so many people have experienced sudden loss, as you describe it, is there a normal when that happens? First thing I would say that does happen is that you have this doubt that the loss even happened at all. I mean, it takes time for the full impact of that loss to really register with you. That's denial, right? It is. It's just the shock of it. Mm. So you just can't wrap your brain around something that happens. There's this disbelief, the shock, like I mentioned. Sometimes you're just numb when you hear that type of news, and your mind just cannot process it at the very beginning of the news. I would imagine all sorts of thoughts go through your mind when you experience this. Maybe we could explore some of those? Well, one of them that is really typical is, could I have done something more or Mm. something different? Uh, It's normal to sort of rehearse your own actions or whatever happened prior to that loss to see if you could have prevented it. I know in our case, Nora, my middle brother had a wedding, and we really went back and forth with, Should my other brother who was killed, should we have brought him home earlier for the Mm. wedding? And so my brother really struggled with that because we had decided not to, but had he decided that Gary really needed to be there, it would have been a very different outcome. But you can't do that because it's just not the way life is. And then one is, am I worthy of living? What did I do to deserve to live? And a lot of people will know this as survivor's guilt. Mm -hmm. You've heard Mm. of that before. Much, yes. Right. And who can I blame? I mean, that is just a natural response when we experience anything out of our control. We want to blame someone or something as part of that need to make sense of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another one that I don't know if people think about a lot, but boy, you do when you're in the middle of it, Norm, and that is dealing with all the medical and legal authorities. You know, at the time you have a sudden loss, you don't want to deal with questions from police or coroners or doctors or investigators or some type of official. We just feel that they're invading our private moments of grief, and they are, yet they have to do their job, sure, right? Sure. But sometimes these intrusive questions are just vital to obtaining needed information. We also f- sort of feel a sense of morbidity when we deal with funeral directors, uh, the county coroner, and others trying to make funeral arrangements. I mean, these people are accustomed to murder and to death, and sometimes they can appear insensitive and caring, although I will say most people do very good jobs when they're dealing with people with loss. I think so, too. My mother, although she was older, she did die rather unexpectedly. Yeah. And dealing with the funeral folks was was pretty strange. Yeah. It was kind of like, why are we even here? Right, because you just, you're just not ready for right. that. And then another one is, I think this is very common again. Why can't I talk to that person one more time? Hmm. And obviously, you can't prepare for sudden death because you don't know it's coming. But the last thing that you said may have been pleasant and loving. Maybe you were able to give a last hug or smile at your child or tell that person that you love them. But 
maybe you had an argument or were hurried that morning, didn't speak to that person or had to discipline hmm. the person. So there are regrets and unfinished business. And those that's, that's normal for people, but don't dwell on them because again, it serves actually no purpose. Well, I'm glad you said regrets because that was the word going through my mind that whole time. It's regret, regret. Again, what if? Why didn't I? I wish I had. Yeah, we're going to do a show on regret because that's not just with sudden loss. That's with a lot of things in life. And then the final one is God, why? And it's okay to ask that. Mm -hmm. And you will ask that many times. And honestly, there's no easy answer for that question. You may never know. And I think that's the toughest part of saying goodbye in this way. That makes sense. I know when you were trying to make sense of your brother's death, the well-known author Philip Yancey, his books really helped you. Oh, my goodness. Where is God when it hurts? Disappointed by God. In all those books, Yancey reminds us that God didn't exempt even himself from pain. God joined us in pain and shared our human condition, including this great grief. Right. The book of Isaiah, chapter 53, tells us that God is acquainted with our sorrow. There is comfort in knowing that God knows. He understands the depth of our pain, and Jesus certainly faced that himself when he was on the cross. And I, I agree. It does help you when you're going through the grief process. I, I really don't know how, Norm, people make it through sudden loss without God in their lives. If it weren't for the people in our church, my family, my Christian friends— I mean, it would have been so difficult to move through that grief. So I'm thankful for those who prayed, who just sat with us and allowed our emotions to be expressed. Mm. To your point, there's data from Faith Matters Study, a survey of U.S. adults that found that 33% of people who attended religious services every week and reported having close friends at church said that they were extremely satisfied with their lives, while only 19% of those who went to church but had no close connections to the congregation reported that same satisfaction. Yeah, so church family helps. Right, big time. When it comes to grief, there are a number of myths that I think we should correct. All right, myth number one, express it, don't repress it. And while you want the freedom to talk about what you need to talk about, telling your story doesn't always alleviate it. A catharsis can keep you in a state of arousal and stress, and people don't always think about that. So don't feel pressured to talk about it when you don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Myth number two, we grieve in stages, but that's not necessarily true, is it? We're pretty familiar with the five stages of grief, denial, isolation, those go together, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. And while all of those states do reflect the experiences of grief, we don't follow stages in any order. Rather, they come and go. And in many cases, shock and disbelief can last longer with sudden loss because there was no time to prepare, prepare for that goodbye. Myth number three, it seems to me that grief is harder on women, but I'm not sure that's true. Relatively speaking, uh, men suffer more from being um, bereaved or to, to lose somebody. Yes, and, and widows measure higher on depression scores when you look at it, but both genders really suffer from loss. So it's, it's not a competition. Mm -hmm. No matter your gender, you're going to feel it. Myth number four, grief never ends because the person is always gone. Yes, the person is gone, but acute grief passes. Remember that you will move through it and you will not feel this intensity with time. But at the time of the loss, it feels overwhelming. I'm sure. Myth number five, you just need to be strong. Well, no, you don't. 
You can collapse under the weight of the loss. My mom fainted when she heard the news. My dad, Norm, who I never saw cry, he cried and pounded his fists at God in grief. And these expressions of emotions gave me permission to feel angry and break Mm. down. And this is healthy. That makes sense. Myth number six, grieving should last about a year. That doesn't seem very long. There's no time frame really for grief. and, And as we'll see, certain factors can make it harder to let go. Myth number seven, moving on with your life means forgetting all about your loss. No, accepting your loss is not the same as forgetting. You can move on. You can cherish the memory of the person. Moving through grief is necessary to go on with life, but you don't have to forget the person. And finally, counseling helps. Is that a myth? Well, yes, it does. But listen, counseling isn't always needed. So grief is not a mental health disorder. But if you get stuck in accepting the grief, then counseling really can help you. Okay. Well, we've dispelled several of these myths about sudden loss, but next we want to move on to what really helps. Before we do, we'll take a short break. More with the Dr. Linda Mental Show in just a moment. The other day I was cut off the road by a driver. Everything in me wanted to yell, hey, watch out. But I restrained myself knowing that yelling at the driver would not do so much good. And it wasn't the best way to deal with my anger. Anger easily rises up in most of us. Anger, while a natural emotion, needs to be dealt with in the right way. The Bible tells us, be angry, but do not sin. So what is the biblical way to handle anger? Well, this is a question I answer in my short and easy book to read, Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. That small book has sold over 130,000 copies because of how practical and helpful it is to everyday living. So if you want to be angry but not sin, practice what Scripture teaches. Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness is available on my website, drlindamental.com, and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Just a quick reminder, you can follow Dr. Linda on social media. Her Twitter and Instagram accounts are at Dr. Linda Mental. And Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. You can also always listen to our podcast at any time on MyFaithRadio.com or your favorite platform like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. Let's continue our show on sudden loss, and we recognize how difficult this is when it happens to anyone. Before the break, we talked about eight myths that were related to grieving. So now maybe we can move on to some good ways to grieve. Well, we mentioned before, Norm, that there are several factors that impact your grieving and possibly the timeline for feeling a little bit better. And some of those are, you know, how did the loved one die? Did they have a heart attack or were they assaulted Hmm. or slain? I mean, those are two very different things. Could the death have been prevented? Was it a suicide, an accident, an unknown illness? Was there unfinished business with the person? And all of those factors make a difference. And that's why we wanted to dispel that myth that there's a time frame where you have Mm -hmm. to, you know, say, I'm through the grieving period. And depending on circumstances, you may have flashbacks and nightmares for a period of time. It seems to me that feeling helpless seems to be a common denominator with sudden loss. It is. So it is very important to acknowledge your feelings. Don't pretend that because you're a Christian, you don't feel the pain. 
And people express grief in very different mm-hmm. ways. Some people cry. Some people get angry. Some people even get irritable right. as a way of expressing this. And some people feel nothing at all. And even some people smile because they're so uncomfortable talking about it. Well, God made us emotional creatures. It seems to me we need to allow for that emotional expression, whatever it is. You know, I grew up in Latin America, and in the Latino community, familismo is a word. It's a cultural value that represents commitment, support, and loyalty to one's family. So families unite in their joy, and they're very expressive about it. They unite in their pain, and they're very, very expressive. One very vivid memory for me as a child in Honduras was how loud and emotional the wailing and grieving I saw at funerals. It kind of scared me. But now I know the Latinos are not alone in these types of emotional mm-hmm. displays. There are people all around the world who grieve that way publicly. Yeah, it's very different depending on your ethnicity and the culture that you grew up in. So I think we have to be careful not to judge people That's or right. assume that they're not handling things well. You know, one of the most common emotions with sudden death is confusion. Often your worldview is shattered. And I know that I struggled for a very long time with the idea that God is good all the time. Because mm-hmm. I kept thinking, how could a loving, good God allow my brother to be blown up on an airplane? Nothing felt safe anymore to me, and I was very confused regarding my faith. It took me a real long time, honestly, and I think it was because I didn't have anyone to really talk to about this, mm. but it took me a long time to sort through all those ideas. I understand sadness. Sadness is an emotion that can run very deep. I remember sometimes your mother just breaking down and crying. For me, felt like no reason at all. She felt incredibly sad at the loss of her son. Is what I came to understand. Yeah, and, and in part, this is because you have lost a future with that person. Mm. So in that moment, I think she was feeling like, I can't enjoy life with him anymore. And you know that they, they won't share in these important moments of your life or the, even the ordinary moments of your life. You miss them so much. And then there's anger. Well, sudden loss just feels like unfair. Mm -hmm. And so anger does well up, and you may blame the people around you. It's often not logical, but the anger is somewhat protective of the sadness that you just can't feel on a constant basis. It's a good thing the Bible is such a wonderful resource for us, a source of wisdom on this very topic. The book of Ecclesiastes in the third chapter says, To everything there is a season, a time to weep a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Clearly, sudden death is a time to mourn. And even Jesus mourned and wept over the death of his friend Lazarus. I mean, Jesus wept. Remember that verse in the Bible? We all memorized (laughs) that one. We memorized that one. It was the short one. (laughs) It was short. We couldn't remember it. But Jesus reveals his fully human side as he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And he had deep compassion for those people who suffered. You know, I've wondered sometimes if he was also weeping because of the brokenness of people's sin all around him, Hmm. which, of course, led to his death, and his own impending death may have been a cause for weeping. But that was the cost for our redemption. Hmm. Once he raised Lazarus from the dead, he knew it would trigger the religious leaders against him. In one way, Jesus' raising Lazarus to life sealed his own fate. Well, that's a really good insight. Interesting. Yeah, I had never really thought about that, but he embraced the pain, and so should we. Sudden loss hurts. As we've been saying, acknowledge it. The Lord grieved the death of his friend, Lazarus, even though he knew he would see him again. Mm-hmm. And as you know from your own experience, there may be some delays in reaction to loss. That's right. It was several months after my brother's death. Norm, I thought I was really moving on. I was really trying to focus on the healing and the grieving. 
But I was in chapel one morning at the Christian college that I attended, and an army officer got up to speak. Mm. And as soon as I saw that uniform, I fainted. Hmm. The sight of that officer obviously triggered the death in a profound way. Even today, when you see taps being played or a seven-gun salute, you tear up. I know. Taps are hard for me because right. even thinking about it now, I feel like I could cry because I can just picture that cemetery part of the funeral. You know, I'd worked through so many feelings, but I tell my patients that grief is like peeling an onion. Hmm. There are layers to it. You peel off a layer— you feel better a little bit, and then you discover there's more, another layer to peel. And it can come at times we least expect it due to a memory being triggered. Right. So we know the pain comes and goes, but how we deal with the pain matters. There's no better story in the Bible than what happened to Job. Job's story tells us to allow the pain to turn us towards God, not away from Him. So don't turn to substances or other unhealthy distractions. God allowed biblical Job to cry out in pain and even blame him for a world his creation messed up. But as Philip Yancey points out, God was not on trial in the book of Job. Mm. Job was on trial for his faith. And he stayed the course despite his multiple tragic and unexpected losses. He didn't give up on God even though those around him wanted him to. And he developed a deeper intimacy with God. God uses our pain to mature us through the difficult things that we do, but he promises his peace and comfort all along the way if we just turn toward him. So that's the point I guess I want to make with that story is that it's easy to turn away from God because you're so upset, but turn toward him for the comfort and the peace. And even in your pain, you're allowed to have the pain and express it, but your reliance is on God's faithfulness, just like Job said in chapter 1, verse 21. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He trusted God no matter what was coming his way. And at that point in the story, he didn't know how much more was coming. That's right. That song always makes me cry when we sing it in church. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Maybe because it has such personal meaning for me. But faith is what we don't see. I had to come to that point of trusting God with my life. You know, He can take our pain, and He transforms our pain for His glory. But look how God is so faithful. He has used your pain to help so many other people. We also have to take care of ourselves, though, right? In the middle of all of that, yeah. yeah. So it's the real basics that are really hard to focus on when you're dealing with loss, but maintaining a healthy diet and regular exercise. Exercise just does so much for a person. I, I can't overstress that because it helps in so many different ways. I think you tell me that every day. I know. I am big. My doctor <laughs> tells me that all the time, too. Um, also, don't isolate yourself from the world. That's a self-care. People help you. There's the, Our brains are connected and wired for each other. We need each other in our lives. Tell your story when you need to. I think journaling can really help for some people. That really is a good way to deal with loss. Remember the good things rather than fixating on the negative and go to God every morning. We should do that anyway. Of course. As you were talking, I thought of another well-known passage, this one in Isaiah. In chapter 61, it says, He will give a crown of beauty for ashes. Another song. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted Listen to this, for his own glory, our grief can bring glory to God. Yeah, it's just powerful when you think about it. 
I also think it helps some people to join a grief group like Grief Share, which is offered in many churches. Grief Share is a Christ-centered, video-based support program. It helps to share your journey with others who have had the same experience of loss, not the same loss, but the same experience with loss. And you don't feel so alone in your grief when you join a group like that. Makes a lot of sense. What about keeping up with your routines? When loss happens, you don't want to eat. You usually have trouble sleeping. Your life has been disrupted. It is hard to do that, but I'll tell you, it really does help if you can do that sort of normal, everyday stuff. So try to go about your routine, but if you can't at first, don't get down on yourself and pressure yourself and think, oh, I'm even more failed now. Just take your time, but try to work back into it. You know, take a a bath or a shower regularly, change your clothes, comb your hair, and just get out of that bed as much as you can. First start. So if we know someone who's experienced sudden loss, how do we help? Sometimes we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say, and we end up, unfortunately, doing nothing. So are there some do's and don'ts to be effective as a helper? Sometimes it's easy to avoid confronting people because we're afraid, like you said. The best thing you can do is simply say, I'm so sorry that this happened. As we come to the end of our show, despite loss, we know there's hope. Psalm 35 says, Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. So eventually, the intense pain will relent. Please tell us that's true. It's true. And we have the hope of seeing our loved ones again. So until then, Revelation 21 4 reminds us that one day he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, and my co-host, who makes the show a conversation, and to our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.